Welcome to Life on the Illinois Prairie. Your host is Wendy Fleming Dexter, and after 30 years living in small town Illinois, she has stories to tell. Past cornfields and factories, into the heart of Amish country. There's more here than what meets the eye, far beyond what you think you know. So buckle up and stay tuned. This is Life on the Illinois Prairie. Hi, and welcome to this episode of Life on the Illinois Prairie. I'm your host, Wendy Fleming Dexter. Joining me today is a gentleman that a lot of people in the central Illinois area will be familiar with. I'd like to welcome meteorologist Adam Sherwinski to the show. Hi, Adam. Howdy. <laughs> Hello there. Howdy. How? Thank you so much for being here. I know that uh, it's it's very hard to pin you uh, busy media people down, but thank you for giving giving your time to my little podcast. Yeah. Hey, and that's you know, thinking a Friday was good because you know I got out there at the right time and got my workout in beforehand, so we're all good to go. Oh, good deal. Good deal. And I, I got to thank you because we all know that the meteorologists are the ones that make the weather happen. You know, it's not really climate. It's just you guys make this happen. But boy, I tell you, whoever made this 66 degree weather happen on the middle of February, first week of February, I, I'm pretty excited about it. I <laughs> uh, bet you'd rather be out fishing, eh? I, you know what, I, I would, but uh, I don't have any of my gear ready right now. I, I usually this time of year when it gets nice like this, I go for a long walk. Uh, I spent a lot of my time usually about uh, in the summertime, I go at least half an hour every day for a walk just through the neighborhood or through Lake of the Woods over mm-hmm. there uh, in Muhammad. I'm, I live in Muhammad right now. So, so yeah, no, I love taking advantage of the parks. Uh, last Saturday, I was when it was nice out for like the first time we had sunshine. It was still in the 40s or 50s. Everyone was thanking me in the park, like, thanks for the weather. Thanks for the weather. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't do it, but I'll take the praise uh, in Meadowbrook. But I mean, that's another spot I just kind of recently found. And I just love t- walking in nature. So if I'm not fishing, I'm out walking in it or hiking it or just being outside and trying to soak up the rays like a, like a lizard. <laughs> Well, we love doing that, too. And Meadowbrook is one of our favorite places to walk. And uh, I take a lot of pictures. So I liked the garden and uh, also the Arboretum and the Idea Garden in Urbana. That's another one of my favorite spots. But um, if you could, if you could arrange for this weather to um, extend to the 18th and 19th of February, that's Stacy's and my birthdays. It would be really nice. I'd appreciate it because, you know, usually the weather sucks on our birthdays. <laughs> and I like to move our birthdays to July. But, um, yeah, the, the, it's it's great to have you here. And you pro- you don't realize this. Those of us who watch you and, and Matthew and uh, Amanda on TV in the morning, um, most of the time while I'm watching guys on TV having my coffee, I'm Herkel Durkling. I don't know if you really are familiar with that term. I, I herkle durkle while you guys are on TV. <laughs> kind of scares you. I don't you think, to think I've ever heard that term before, but I. I that is but scary. I'm assuming it means chuckle, something similar. That <laughs> well, it's is, is it, herkle durkle now our word of the day that we need to put in. I think you should because I've been enjoying <laughs> that 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 aspect of the show. And uh, yes, um, a previous guest, David Kent Coy. Right. Um, introduced me and many other people to that word. It's a Scottish phrase, and it means to lie about in bed long after you should have gotten up. So uh, while we're having our coffee and watching you guys uh, work, okay. we're we're herkle dorkling. So yeah, you and uh, all you guys. So just don't 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 forget that. 
<laughs> well, I, 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 and thank you, hey, Matt. Again. I like to come with the jokes too. So, <laughs> would you like to give some uh, background, uh, Adam, as to where you were born, where you were, where you grew up, and what uh, what your little bit of your background, if you, as much as you'd be willing to share? Um, yeah, that's totally fine. Uh, so, I grew up in Northwest Indiana. Uh, that's where I grew up, uh, where the steel mills kind of begin and the cornfields end in Indiana. That's where I like to describe Northwest Indiana. We also have beaches up there. But mm-hmm. It's not just steel mills. It's the beach. And everyone's like a Chicago fan. Uh, I, I don't know how many people thought growing up that I was a Colts fan. Like when I moved to Missouri or when I moved to uh, even Peoria, they're like, oh, you're a Colts fan. Or I'm like, oh, Bears, 100% Bears fan. Um, oddly enough, uh, I am an Illinois fan too. Even before I moved out here, I was an, I was an Illinois fan. Uh, the 05 team, basketball team. I mean, you got to love them, right? Uh, the final four, almost on the championship team. Love them. Um, that's when I first like watched basketball. And then I got into it from college and onward and stuff, um, which we can go down that rabbit hole here in just a second about college. But um, yeah, born and raised in Northwest Indiana. So the Indiana Dunes, big, big fan of hiking through there, uh, went to Maryville high school in Maryville, Indiana. So people who know the the region, the region, as we call it, uh, they'll know where that's at. I 65. There's a big football stadium right next to it. Uh, if you're going North to Chicago or going to, um, Michigan, that's usually people go, Oh, that's a pretty big stadium. Is that a college? No, it's a high school. Um, <laughs> very big high school too. A lot of people. Um, so yeah, I graduated in 2013 from high school and then in 2013 that fall. So that, to fall uh went to valparaiso university also in the region that's actually where my mother went to school too um so i guess i'm a legacy i guess i don't know it's not really how it worked out i just went there because i had a really good meteorology program and it wasn't far from home um spent four years there studying meteorology at uh university of valparaiso university and then my first job was in Joplin, missouri um and speaking back of college uh while i was at college i was the um weather director at my senior year for our TV station, VU TV, uh, all student run. We had, you know, some people, or we had a few uh, professors that kind of helped us with stuff. Uh, you know, we had our faculty advisor who was really a big help too, because he was in TV as well uh, for a while. But hmm. we, uh, we was mostly student run. So the organization was run by, you know, myself and several other people. I think I was like the second or third in command, which was a bad idea. I was like, okay, I can run the weather department. I can't run the rest of the TV station, but it was, you know, very tight and close knit. And it was a way to kind of get access to that stuff uh, early on. I was on a green screen my freshman year. Now, was I good? No, but I was on a green screen my freshman year uh, getting that practice in. So I did view TV. Um, what else did I do? Booze it. Um, I think I have one of my shirts right now. This is from college team twister. Uh, that was the, uh, for our AMS NWA chapter that we had there, which AMS NWA are nationally recognized organizations and fellowship uh, organizations for meteorology. It's kind of like the, uh, the, the collection of all the weather nerds together. Um, they just had their, uh, back in January, their, uh, big conference for AMS there had a bunch of friends asking me, am I going, am I going? No, I, no, I had to work. So, mm-hmm. um, but I had some friends presenting and enjoying themselves there and doing some uh, talks and stuff. Um, uh, but I'm getting off track anyway, <laughs> back to college. Uh, and I also was the, oddly enough, Valparaiso university's uh, mascot. I was the crusader for all four years too. So that was pretty fun. Got to go to a lot of basketball games. It's a basketball school, not a football school. I mean, I love the football team, but, uh, it's a lot of work uh, to, to go to <laughs> those games sometimes. I mean, basketball games, I was there the whole time having fun, great time, great atmosphere. And they were really good too. That's, you know, when they went to the NCAA tournament one year, and I think the following year they went to the NIT tournament and got to the finals. I got to go to New York for that. Um, so 
Anytime you want to talk about mascots, I'm up there in that conversation. Like, oh, yeah, mascots. I love mascots. I was one <laughs> I was a mascot. I've got actually in my office here right now, I've got a collection of Crusader stuff and Valpo stuff. Uh, when the Illini played the Crusader, or sorry, the Beacons now, um, I went to that game too and had all my gear decked out. I mean, I was like the one night I was not going to root for the Illini. Um, and I had to go to that game. That was the last basketball game I went to, too. So, um, so yeah, then I went to Joplin, Missouri after I graduated with a, a Bachelor's of Science meteorology and meteorology and a minor in communications. I think it was digital media was what it was. Technically my minor was, um, first job was at KOD, uh, KODE and KSN. There's a duopoly station, our next star station, like the station I'm, I'm at now. I've been at the same company since, uh, I first started in 2017. So graduated in May in June, like four weeks after was in Joplin, Missouri. Totally different worlds than Northwest Indiana. Hmm. Um, there's hills, so many hills, actual hills, not sand dunes. Um, <laughs> and it was just a whole different world. And then from there, uh, worked there for three and a half years, would have been closer to three, but COVID kind of played a little bit of part of that. I was there for a good chunk of that first COVID year, that 2020. Uh, that was a, a time. Hmm. And then in the end of 2020, I got a job at our sister station for WCIA. Again, KOD and was also one too, but um, WMBD over in Peoria, which is where my mom grew up in the Peoria area. She was from, mm -hmm. she's from Tasmal County. Uh, and then uh, now I'm here in WCIA and I came <laughs> here at about 2022, October of 2022. And here we are now. <laughs> wow. That's quite a, that's quite a history that you have for as young a man as you are. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try, I try. So, so what, uh, I have read that you were afraid, afraid of storms at one time. Is that true? As a young man? Yeah. So that's interesting uh, that you mentioned that. Yeah. When I was a kid more so, but uh, I will say that uh, that's one of the kind of the drivers to get me interested in weather. Uh, when I was young, you know, every kid's afraid of thunder to a certain degree. Storms are kind of scary. They're inherently scary. Thunder, lightning, you know, the sky's going boom, there's rain, there's wind. Uh, when I... I think it was fifth grade and I was a little scared of storm, storms already to begin with, but it wasn't that bad. You know, very typical kid afraid of storms. We uh, had it where we went to school that day and there was supposed to be severe weather, but I was like, ah, whatever, you know, I'm a little kid. I don't really pay attention to weather. After that day, I totally paid attention to weather. Like every single day I watched a lot of news at that point too, to kind of keep track of the weather. Um, but I uh, went to school Typical spring day it was like, I think actually take it back. It was February and it was a very warm day. Like today it was in the sixties, mm. um, except we had severe weather in the forecast. And I didn't think about that. I think the forecast called for snow in the North. So like Waukegan, you know, areas, Northern Chicago upward in the South thunderstorms, me not thinking twice about it. I'm like, Oh, that's whatever severe thunderstorms. So that they didn't really, I mean, I didn't, I feel like it wasn't specified enough, but still <laughs> uh, we get to school normal day. I think it was a Friday. We had kind of a, Time period. It was fifth grade. We had time to go into like our activities room that we usually have, uh, and you know, just kind of hang out for the last like hour of class. School day was almost over. We were all caught up on our studies, and you know, as we're getting ready to go, I noticed outside the sky was changing colors. Like it went from like a black to a purple to oh, a gray no. to a brown. You know, different colors. I'm like, that's not good. <laughs> I go, we go play for a little bit, and then we're getting our stuff to go. And I look at the sky, and I'm like, it still looks kind of scary out there. Uh, we get on the bus and I think the bus driver was a substitute bus driver too. says that, Hey, we got a tornado warning and they were letting us go still to go home. And I was like, why are we not in our tornado? Like, you know, mm. you know, cover down all that stuff. 
And that like set me into a kind of a little bit of a trauma at that point, because I was like, okay, now every time we have thunderstorms or is there going to be a tornado? Is there going to be a tornado? There wasn't a tornado, but we, you know, it was a pretty bad storm. I remember Mm -hmm. at one point getting off the bus early and I was like, just stop, drop me off here. My house is right there. I was like one of the last stops. I was like, just drop me off here. I'll run. I'll make a run for it. I'll be right there. And then, you know, it was right there. So it wasn't a big deal, but you know, it kind of threw off protocol for the bus driver. And I just sprinted to the house, got into the house. And my dad was like, what's going on? I'm like, the tornado warning. It was like, we need a tornado. And my dad's like, I, I know. We'll go to the basement. We went to the basement. And I just remember hanging out in the back room of the basement. And dad's like, all right, we're, you know, we're here. We're good. Nothing's going on. Um, but that kind of sent me into like a, I don't want to say it's like spiral or trauma spiral, but at that age, you know, if you're going on a bus, a bus is not a safe spot to be in a tornado <laughs> just in general, you know, driving around town, not a safe thing to do when there's severe weather. I don't think there was a tornado, but we did have a tornado warning. I think again, the details are a little fuzzy cause it's, you know, fifth grade. That was all the way back in like what? 2006, 2006. So yeah, that'd be fifth grade. Um, and then from then on, I got kind of picked on because every time we got cloudy, I thought we were going to have storms. If it got, you know, rain in the forecast, I thought, oh God, here it comes. Hmm. I got to a point where I got pretty good at predicting severe weather days. I knew I'd go on the National Weather Service's website, look at their radar, you know, look at the, uh, uh, I knew my zip code at that point because you could get the forecast if you type in your zip code, you know, 46410. And I was like, all right, here's my zip code. What's the forecast for today? I knew about the Storm Prediction Center, the slight risk, all that kind of stuff. I kind of just learned because I was so scared, uh, not being prepared and being caught unaware, like I felt like that first time, <laughs> that uh, I would never, you know, I didn't want that to happen again. It got to a point where, you know, again, kids were making fun of me and I just, it was a struggle every time there was severe weather because severe weather potential is always going to happen here in a center, you know, just in the Midwest in general. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's just a lot to deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember going to a psychologist for a while, which I already had been going to for other stuff too. Um but, you know, I had to basically go back because I was just paralyzed. I mean, I would fake sick sometimes and it was just a bad time for everybody. Hmm. Um, and looking back on it, the times I was really freaked out, it was nothing. It was, you know, cold hmm. outside or we had a cold front coming through or we had just rain in the forecast. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, it was kind of that tipping point there. Then I went to the library a couple of times and I thought, well, while I'm here, instead of picking up a book about animals, which I love animals, I love nature. <laughs> I'm going to pick up a book about weather, severe storms. That way I can be prepared and know what I'm getting into next time there's severe weather. Hmm. So I pick up one book, read through it, flip through it. Lots of cool pictures, right? <laughs> I get another book. Same thing. Same thing. I had one point, I think I had a pocketbook that was older than I was. Like it was from the fifties or sixties and I had all these types of clouds, types of meteorology and stuff. And I was like, I kind of, I think I branded myself at the end of the school year, my fifth grade year, like as an amateur meteorologist or I'm a meteorologist in training or something like that. (laughs) I remember going outside one time, we had recess every once in a while on a Friday, if it was nice out, warm, humid day, thunderstorms on the forecast. I already knew that. I could see the gray skies. Everyone's like, there's no thunderstorms right now. I'm like, that's a cumulonimbus cloud. That's a cumulonimbus cloud. That's stratus right there. I can remember watching them billow up and everything. I remember one time I was out there playing and one of my teachers like, what are you talking about? That's just a cloud. I'm like, that's a cumulonimbus cloud. That's a thunderstorm. Sure enough, I think it did eventually bring rain. But, mm. uh, you know, I was young and I was just trying to figure out how to stay prepared. Um, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. I think it started to funnel out a little bit once I got to high school, but it was still kind of in the background of that fear of weather. And it got better over time. It just took a while to get through. Um, and what became a fear kind of became an appreciation, too. I remember going on Weatherbug, um, the little app that you could find on your computer that we had. And, you know, I was looking at pictures of tornadoes and I was like, oh, those are kind of scary. Or like, because, you know, kids are like, kids are afraid of things, but they're kind of interested in the things they're afraid of too. So they're kind of looking into it. 
Uh, and so I was looking at pictures of tornadoes. There was one from Eureka that I saw that was really cool. That sticks out in my mind. There were some that were big and fat and scary and some that were like little, you know, <laughs> but I was really afraid of tornadoes. And now uh, it's to the point where I wish I could find those pictures because they were pretty cool pictures from back in the day. <laughs> but uh, there were submitted pictures from people around the state and the country. Uh, but at that point I got to high school and by high school, you know, playing football, um, and I wasn't really that good at football, but I was, you know, in the football team on the wrestling team, you know, focused on other things and it got to a point, all right, what am I going to do for my career? You know, you got to make money. High school doesn't last forever. What are you going to go to school for? I had kids that were going to school for new kids that were going to accounting, teaching, all that stuff. And I thought, well, I'll be a teacher. I, you know, I've been around yeah, a lot of kids who get out of high school think they're going to be teachers or want to be teachers, and which is totally respectable. I've I come from a long line of teachers. My grandparents were teachers, um, or in the education system. I've got a lot of aunts and great aunts and uncles, and, and an uncle or an aunt and uncle that were doing it too. Um, so education, hundred percent about that. And my family was supportive. Then I found out that teachers don't make up that much money, <laughs> and it's tough to go back to school and back and forth. And I was like, I don't know if I really want to do that. Well, what else could I do? I don't know. I like looking at radar because, you know, I was doing that for a while. just checking the radar to see when I knew what the radar was. And I knew about the storm prediction center and all that stuff. I thought it was pretty smart stuff. Um, and I, I was like, I could get paid to just sit here and watch this. Just watch radar. That'd be great. And I still to this day, sometimes get paid to just sit there and watch the radar sometimes. <laughs> Uh, especially at my other jobs when there wasn't anything happening yet. Um, so I was like, I can't get paid to do this. And so I thought, why not be a meteorologist? And I thought, well, at that time, when you see a meteorologist, you think of guys on TV, which I love TV too. I mean, growing up, we always had the TV on in the house. Um, I was a big, I'm a big Simpsons fan, big writing fan, you know, comedies and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, I love good TVs, what I really would like to say. Shows that are really hit home that people remember for forever. I also really liked Bill Nye as a kid. Bill <laughs> Nye, he's on TV. He tells you about science and, you know, weather is science. And I could combine the two and be on TV and be the local weather guy, um, which I got made fun of because they're like, oh, you're going to be on TV. Well, oh, maybe not. And then I was, um, oddly enough. So uh, this is a pretty long answer, I know. But no, that's uh, yeah, no, I went to school and that's what I went to school for. And I know a lot of kids that when I got there, I was like, I'm pretty smart. Mark. I know about weather. They knew so much more than I did getting in the front door. And I thought, here comes the challenge. Good challenge. I made a lot of friends that way. So, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, one of those where it went from a fear to an interest to our career path. <laughs> that's uh, that's very cool because you really turned around something that could have could have affected you negatively your whole life and made it an asset. And did you have any idea when you went into meteorology that not not just sharing the weather with people, but that you could have the capacity to save lives that you're and be involved in? I, I'm just so proud of everyone at Channel Three, the weather team. I love. I, I've told everybody that I've had on there this from the station. I I'm so much older than you that when uh, Ch Channel Three and I almost went on the air at the same time. Um, I, when I was a kid, we had a black <laughs> and white TV, and Channel Three was the only station we had. So I was really brought up with with channel three but um the the way the weather has changed the weather reporting has changed i mean that you guys just have the capacity to save people's lives and that did that ever occur to you when you went into that 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 would uh, that not only would you just be enlightening people and telling them what what was going on and how to dress for the, the day but that you could really actually be involved in something that's that critical yeah, uh, that's a good that's a good question because 
I kind of went in with the same mindset as what would I want to know when I was a kid, when I was afraid of weather, what would I want to know from the weather guy? You know, if he's nervous about something or not nervous, but worried about something, concerned about something, you know, when I do my forecast and I talk about the weather, I talk about as much as I can, because we only have so much time, mm -hmm. um, the things that I'm concerned about, things that caught my interest, mm -hmm. thing when there is severe weather, when there's not severe weather, okay, these are things that I would like to think about in the back of my head. Now that I'm an adult, I think more about in terms of like people making their morning commute. I'm on the morning show. Mm -hmm. Everyone's thinking about what are the roads going to be like at seven, eight o'clock in the morning when they have to go uh, to the office. Uh, so my thought process has changed a little bit and it never really crosses my mind that often until we have severe weather. Mm -hmm. uh, when we had that derecho this past summer, uh, I did have a gentleman come to the station and we did run a story about him too. Um, he came in and said, personally thanked me and said, thank you for telling us to get down, you know, get shelter, get down when we did, because um, even though it was a derecho, not a tornado, it was a derecho, those straight line winds tore up his farmland mm -hmm. or where he had his horses out. He said, had we not gotten those horses and I was watching you at lunchtime. Had we not gotten those horses in, we would have lost a bunch of them. And it was a big deal uh, to him. And I was like, hey, no, it's all good. And he's like, you saved those horses' lives. You saved our livelihood. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I, I didn't think about that. I was just trying to make sure everyone knew what was going on because a derecho is a, you know, there's a lot going on with a derecho. Yeah. And so sometimes it hits me with that kind of stuff like, oh, wow, you know, I've, I've gotten a message or two before. A lot of people don't say it, but I've gotten message one or two times they were like, hey, you know, had we not listened to you guys at WCIA or at WMBD or at KODEKSN that, yeah, this tornado coming, you know, like it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, and I take that with a lot of seriousness too, because I didn't, and, and you know, I, I kind of think about it this way too, uh, my past experiences. When I was at KODEKSN, it was after the Joplin tornado. And mm -hmm. so weather was a big topic, obviously. It's, you know, Southwest Missouri, Kansas was our viewing area, parts of Oklahoma. But those guys, they've gotten more compliment. I remember one of the guys I worked with, he got a guy that came up to him and said, hey, I knew you were on air during the Joplin tornado. And had I not listened to you guys, I would not be here. My house was destroyed. And so they get a lot more too. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I can kind of see why that element comes in. And back in my mind, I'm just thinking about this is what I got to tell people so they make sure they make the right decisions. I can't make the decisions for them, but hey, we've got a tornado warning. We've got this and the other. And then I kind of think about back how it does make that impact when you think about the Joplin tornado and the same station I was working at was doing the same thing. So uh, to me, it's just more like, this is what I got to do. I got to help make sure people are making the right decisions when it's time to make that right decision. And sometimes it pops up like, yeah, okay, I'm saving lives, but I or, or saving lives, property, whatever. And I just think about, I just got to make sure I get that message out there so they can make the decision. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, it's, it's a hard to think about because I don't, it doesn't pop in my head every day because we don't have severe weather right. or life-threatening weather every day. We have, you know, rain, sunshine, thunderstorms. I'm usually thinking about the other impacts of it, you, how it's going to impact your life, not so much how, our daily life than your actual like living, dying, property, all that stuff. So mm -hmm. it's a weird thing because sometimes, yeah, sometimes no. I remember when you had that the the gentleman came on about the horses and told that story. That I remember that vividly. Um, do you have any one? Could you pinpoint any one thing that has happened weather-wise that has was the most shocking, or you know, in your career that um, has really stuck with you at this point? Is there anything that sticks out in your mind in any of your stations? Um, so one of the first real bad severe weather events that I can remember when I was still relatively new to the industry, we, uh, had, we had a severe, we, we, it was the, it was the anniversary of the Joplin tornado. Uh, and I was in still in Joplin. It was, uh, you know, that day specific day. And it was like, I think eight years at that time, uh, 
since the day of the tornado because it was in 2011. So uh, eight or nine years. It was one of those two anniversaries. And people down there, when they see severe weather at this point, the ones that lived through the Joplin tornado, they're very keen and alert on those days because they've been through that once. What's to say it won't happen again in, in their minds, mm-hmm. the psychology of it. And I totally get that. I totally get that. Um, the likelihood of that happening again to Joplin, pretty low. Not zero, but pretty low. Um and so I get, but I get still being on edge about that. That day I was already on edge because we had a moderate risk for severe weather too. So not mm-hmm. only did we have the anniversary going on, so you're already kind of getting that fluttering and that thought process of like, oh, you know, the thought of what happened in 2011. But then you're also thinking about, okay, now we got severe weather again today and tornadoes are a part of the forecast. I remember that day just being really stressed out. Um, the day before I was like, maybe it won't pan out. Maybe it won't, you know, that, and that was a very active summer. I think it was the summer of 2018, spring and summer of 2018. And it was just, you know, it just felt like we had severe weather every other day in the Midwest mm-hmm. and not just where I was, but just everywhere. And we had, instead of just one and done days, like we get around here, maybe one, maybe two days of severe weather. Mm-hmm. We had two or three days mm-hmm. of just severe weather threat, severe weather threat. And it was, you know, it was taking a mental toll. Um, I mean, I remember at one point, tornado watch one day, next day, tornado watch, same spot, tornado watch. And it was like, oh man, it just won't, the pattern won't change. Um, so we already had a moderate risk for severe storms. And this was the worst of those series of days we had severe weather. And I was like, okay, we have a moderate risk that kind of got enhanced as the day went on. And it was just like, oh no, are we going to have a repeat? You know, I was stressed mm-hmm. out, you know, just trying to get my nerves down because I was getting nervous too. Uh, and I always tell people if the meteorologist starts to get nervous, you should probably start to get at least a little nervous. Um, and it was more nervous because I didn't know, and I didn't know what was going to happen that day. You know, their models were showing this, that, and the other. What I did know is that we were going to get storms. How intense? I, I couldn't answer that question at that time, but I was just so, I just remember being stressed out about it. This is my first really big event. And so that afternoon, I got done with the morning show because I was kind of doing the morning show filling in at that time. So I guess it was 2019. I take that back. Summer of 2019, spring, summer of 2019. And, um, I just remember doing the morning show and then coming home, trying to relax, going over to uh, one of my coworkers' houses because her mom was in town and wanted to visit or her grandma was in town and um, just trying to visit, eat lunch. And I just, as soon as I saw that moderate risk pop up, I was like, oh, this is going to be a long mm-hmm. night. This is going to be, you know, I mean, what am I going to do? And I lived right down the street from the TV station. It was a stone's, literally a stone's throw from where I was. It was a two minute walk to work. I was also didn't have a basement, so it wasn't exactly the safest place, my apartment. Hmm. Um, so if there was going to be severe weather, I wanted to be at the station rather than anywhere else. Um, so, you know, I'm trying to re- relax, get some rest in before the severe weather starts. And I just can't, I just am so restless. I'm anxious. I'm worried, you know, about things I can't control, obviously. And I'm just like, all the thoughts are happening. What's going to happen here? What's going to happen here? Well, when am I going to get the call to come in? So at one point I just said, you know what? I watched this and I was watching the storms on, uh, my, my app uh and i was watching i'm like you know what they're starting to pop up they're not doing anything yet but i have an itching suspicion that something's going to happen the ingredients were just perfect you walked outside mm-hmm. and it was one of those days you walk outside and you're like something's gonna mm-hmm. happen today and something did uh but i'll get into that i get there and my chief was at the time was like hey you know i got it from here you could have just stayed home and i'm like mm-hmm. i feel feeling it's gonna be a long night and it was Yep, cutting in for after about 6.30 onwards, it was just cutting in for tornado warnings. 
severe thunderstorm warnings, tornado warning, tornado warning, tornado watch, tornado warning. And we didn't cut in for tornado watches, but it was just, it, it just felt like it constantly, these, these storms they form. And what happened was, I'm going to get in a little meteorology here, but we had a warm front that would just not move northward or southward. It just went from side to side. Mm. So all those storms were just kind of forming off of that warm front. And it just kept going and going. It comes to 11 o'clock. We're still having cut-ins for tornado warning. I mean, we had one that went through, Car a tornado that went confirmed, went through Carl Junction. We had a lot of rainfall. It rained, it felt like the entire night there. And it just kept going. And at one point, I remember we were just kind of getting a lull in the action for a little bit. And Ray looks at me, he's like, it's about two o'clock in the morning. He goes, I think I'm going to go home. And I was like, oh, no, I understand. I'm, I mean, I got to be here in two hours anyways. Might just get ready for the next day of weather. And so I'm sitting there and I look at Ray. I say, ah, Ray, we've got another tornado warning. Oh <laughs> and he goes, okay, let's get on air again. So we had to get on air again. And it was just a constant barrage, it felt like. And when we got like five minutes of downtime, it was right to another one. Mm. Um, that night, Carl Junction, like I said, got hurt or hit with a tornado EF3. That was the same night that the... Uh, in Missouri, uh, in Jeff City, also got hit with a tornado too. And I had a friend from college who was working in Jeff City at the time, and she was out live covering the damage and stuff because it was, mm. you know, through town. Mm. And that's the state capital. Uh, so it was a big deal up there. And the storms that night, I think, killed two people. I don't know if there was any in our viewing area that got killed. I don't remember off the top of my head. Maybe there was somebody in one of those counties, but I can't remember. Um, but I just remember that was just a long night. And I texted one of our cameramen who I was really, I'm really good friends with. I was like, Hey, can you just bring me like a Dr. Pepper? I need something to get through this morning show. And I'm warning. I remember, Hey, you know, we still had severe thunderstorm warnings. We still had tornado warnings once in a while. We had a tornado watch still. And I was like, this is going to be forever. Mm. So we're going through the morning show. Like we normally do. I'd have to I cut in when I need to. We had one last final storm that just wouldn't get out of there until like nine 30, 10 o'clock. So I'm like on standby the whole time. I'm like, we're going to go on air if this goes tornado warned. It was one of our fringe counties too. And we have a sister station there in Northwest Arkansas, but we kind of like had, you know, a blurred between the two. Like we're, it's technically our County, but it's also theirs. So it was like, uh, yeah, you could go on air. And I did go on air for, for a little bit, but it was just getting to the point where it's like, I didn't go on the camera. I was like, I'm just sit here and, you know, show where the tornado's at, mention where it's at, what people needed to do. And I was exhausted. Oh. <laughs> I was exhausted after that. I remember going home and I or going. I was going home and I was like, I need to take a nap. That nap turned to be five hours, <laughs> and I woke up and went to a coworker's house and finished off my lunch that I had from the day before, which was I think I had some Chick Fil A or something. <laughs> I just left it in the fridge. I was like, I need to eat something. But I was just like, I remember going there. We were all we were, we were already planning on hanging hanging out with a bunch of people, and I just remember eating my sandwich. You're like, you're good, Adam. I'm like. <laughs> I got to get up and do this again, but we didn't have any, I don't think any severe weather the next day, but I was just so tired afterwards. Um, but it was almost, I think at one point I was up for almost 24 hours oh, wow. uh, that day because I didn't sleep the day before. Um, and so it was just a long, <laughs> long time. Uh, since then I've had a few other events that come close, but that one was a, that was a, kind of a, that was a really intense day. And I remember at one point I did lose my nerve because we had a supercell go right over Joplin. Oh. And not too far from my station. I mean, you could go outside and see kind of the edge of the wall cloud. And, you know, I told people go outside if you're going to take the video, but be careful. And they did. They got, I mean, we were pretty good about that. But the thing is, you could get the edge of the wall cloud for one storm that produced a tornado in Carl, Carl Junction. And then if you looked on the right, that's where it was. If you were stepping out the back door on the left was where they got B-roll back in 2011, the same day in 2011 of the Joplin tornado. Oh, and I was like, the dichotomy was just so, so surreal. So, uh, yeah, severe weather is one of those things that I've got more experience than I sometimes think I do in it. Um, but, yeah, no, we've had uh, – and since then, 
since then, I remember that summer ride was just a lot of, it, that summer was just a long summer. I remember going to Branson at one point to go visit my grandparents because they came in and I was like, Ray, do you need me? Because there's a tornado watch. He's like, I got it. You go, you go. Need a break. I'm like, okay, good. And I think we were only down to two people at that point in the hmm. station. So, uh, then two other people at uh, my side of the station. So, it was just a, you know, busy time. But uh, I feel like that was a long answer. But yeah, no, that's one that I think uh, that day was a long day. And then I think also this past spring when I was out there after doing the morning show and everything, uh, I went out with uh, Seth, our weekend meteorologist, Seth. And we went out there in the March, I want to say 30th or 31st. It was the end of March last year. We had a bunch of tornadoes too. And I think that was the one that Sherman, we got hit here. They got hit in Sherman. And so uh, that was another one I was like, oh, this is just a long, brutal day. Mm. So, yeah, those uh, those are the days you remember. It's just being, those are the days I remember just being in there for a long period of time. Um, I remember one time, this is a kind of a different story. Uh, when I was at WMBD, we had severe weather the night before. And the next day, Chris was like, I'll come in, you know, in the afternoon when we start getting storms to flare up again. And that summer, we had a lot of just wet thunderstorms and a lot of severe thunderstorms that became tornadic too. And I was like, hey, Chris, do you want a cup of coffee or anything? And I put it in the group chat. And then our other meteorologist was like, Adam, he's on air right now. And I'm like, what? And I look, oh, my goodness, we have tornado warnings in McLean County. Like, oh, my goodness, I, I will be right there. I don't know why I asked if you wanted a cup of coffee. I was just trying to be nice. And he zoomed on over. So, yeah, those are the days that kind of stick out really hard in my head. And then there are more that are popping in my head, but they weren't super again. But they were still like, oh, those were long days, too. So. Wow, long answer. I know. Well, no, that's fun. That's great. Long, long days require a long answer, and and there's no long answers. I love it. I love it when you, uh, it, you know, you take over and and talk. That's what it's all about. People are here to listen to what you have to say. But I, I just, I admire the uh, the weather team so much, and I, I'm sure that the other stations you've been at have had very good teams as well. But like I said, I've, I've. I'm addicted to, to Channel mm-hmm. 3. And, you know, I just, I had not thought, I know you guys put in, when you have severe weather that has come up, you all get in and pitch in, you're all in there. And the amount of data that you guys are trying to mm-hmm. analyze and look at and look at, you know, from all that's coming in from the National Weather Service and Lincoln and and on your, you know, you guys are going from your phones to your TVs to just, uh it's just incredible to me the amount of information you guys get. But I hadn't really realized and thought about the stress level that you're under. I know that you, um, you know, the the adrenaline's pumping and you're, you know, you're doing what you have to do and what you need to do and what you want to do. But I just never, really, I, and I knew you'd be exhausted by the time it's you can finally catch your breath and say it's time to go home. But man, I mean, the stress must be really incredible when those things come up. And, and uh, I mean, it's, you know, like it's just, it's almost like being in the ER. You don't know what's going to come through the door, but except you guys do have a heads up sometimes, you know, right. when something's coming. But yeah, some days, some days are a little bit better about that than others. Um, and it just depends on the event too. Like when we had some of those, uh, the Moroa tornado uh, last year, that was shortly after New Year's. <laughs> that was an interesting day because we we're like, hey, it's conditional. You know, I'm like, we're like, we're probably gonna have some zero. We'll, we'll get prepared anyway. And it wasn't like it was completely out of the question that we'd have severe weather, but I was kind of like skeptical because I've seen many times where something looked really good and it just like doesn't do anything. You know, it just kind of falls apart. All the ingredients just don't, it just doesn't work out. And then I've seen times where it looks kind of messy and it just works. Like uh, yesterday when we had the tornadoes, I'm kind of dating the podcast by accident, (laughs) but we had those tornadoes there uh, over on the 8th in Northern and Western Illinois. And, or I would say Northwest of our viewing area, closer towards Peoria and out towards Wisconsin, uh, 
yeah, that was, you know, one of those where it's like, it could be something, it could be nothing. I've seen better setups and then it ended up being something. So, uh, you know, a little bit of heads up. We do have a little, at least a little bit of heads up when things get kind of gnarly. Um, most 90% of the time, I'd say 90 to 80% of the time, we kind of have a good idea, like something's going to happen. But yeah, no, it's a, it's a lot of stress. And especially when you're working on top of doing your normal shows too, making sure you had your weather forecast. Cause I, I, there are times I've been doing severe weather coverage and, you know, going on air and I went, I have not made a seven day forecast yet. I have not made any kind of forecast for today. I've been so focused on the severe weather. I haven't even done the part that everyone likes at the end of the seven, the, the end of the forecast, the seven day, the most important part almost uh, to the forecast. So yeah, it can be pretty stressful because it's just another layer on top of the other stuff we have to do outside of that. And we do a lot of stuff outside of uh, just doing the TV shows. I, I'll, I'll say that. Um, so yeah, that's a lot of stress. I, and, then, then, and you know, to kind of help me get rid of the stress, I like to go fishing, not think about weather for a little <laughs> bit, um, go outside, go for walks, go to the gym. I'm a big gym fan. Um, and sometimes just not kind of just step back a little bit from uh the news and stuff like I, I i do like news i do love weather um but it uh it can get it can be a lot sometimes oh yeah well nature is so restorative to your soul you know to be out in that i mean after all that intense you know i mean you know you just you just when you're when you're up you're up when you're on you have to be on and you have to do everything you have to do but when you can just sit back and and breathe and walk and feel the fresh air on your face and not have to worry about what's coming up. I mean, that's, that's, that's a gift too. And it puts us, I know that like, for me, it does, it does, it, when there's severe weather and stuff. And when I've worked a lot, just in general, uh, it does kind of pull a strain on my, how I feel about weather lately. I have also kind of felt like, do I really like weather? I'm like questioning my, like, do I like weather or mm -hmm. not? And you know, it can put a strain on it. It can even, if you're not careful, break that relationship of one of your passions mm. or something you're really interested in. And I think that's just for anybody in general. Mm. This is for any person. I've met people who are nurses and or nurses and, you know, in the medical field. And they're like, dude, I'm sick of seeing people. Mm. I'm sick of, you know, just dealing with a disease. I had a buddy of mine who worked through COVID as an ICU nurse. And he was, you could see that you could hear the tone when you talk to him, hear this, you know, the strain on him a little mm -hmm. bit when it first started out with COVID first got bad um, back in early 2020. And, you know, just, you can like something, but if you do it too much or you're, it starts to get that strain from other constraints outside of it, it can warp that relationship and break it too. Like I, like I said, mm -hmm. I mean, there's times I'm like, do I even like weather? Do I want to do this anymore? Man, I'm sick of mm -hmm. weather. And, you know, I need to take a break and, Sometimes it's like, okay, I like weather in certain times and others. And so that's something I think, and this is just for anybody, like you're passionate about uh, making a pot or, or pottery or making writing or whatever. If you keep doing it to a point where you're just going to drive yourself insane and you break that relationship, it can be hard to fix. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and I don't care who, what, where you work, who you work for, what the company is, there are, there are stressors at work to no matter what. I mean, you can love your company. Um, but there are those factors and things that deadlines and timeframes and things that have to be met regardless. And in your business, I mean, it's all the more important, you know, those, those are the things you can't, you can't say, oh, I'll be there in five minutes. You know, I mean, you're, you're either there or you're not. And, yeah. uh, they, they call it a, a deadline for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Deadline for a reason. 
<laughs> well, I just love I love the uh, camaraderie and the way uh, you guys all work together. Um, when you had been the new guy coming in, it's it's always kind of daunting, isn't it? When you no matter what your experience is, when you're the new kid on the block, it's it's a little tough walking into it. Even though you know the background, you know the co- parent company, and you know you you know all the the basics, but getting to know those different personalities. I talked to Matthew about that when I had him on here too about how you can meld with those different personalities because everybody isn't going to work together every time. It can be challenging. Um, I know from my experience, uh, I, I am usually pretty good with getting along with everybody because I do my own thing. You know, if I step out of that zone, it's only for because I know that person will be comfortable about talking about this or doing this or talking about that. Um, and it can, even now I still kind of feel like a new guy over at WCIA, <laughs> but I felt like the new guy at my last day at WMBD too, for a mm. while. And I was like, I've been here for a minute, but I feel kind of new <laughs> still. Um, so there, that feeling does happen, especially when you got people who have been there for a mm. while. Like, you know, there's, we've got some talent there that's been there for a while. Jennifer and Kevin, they've been here for, and Brett, <laughs> I mean, they've been here for quite some time. And so I feel in their eyes, yeah, I've, I've not been in the business that, that long at all, nor have I been at the station that long. But over time, when you get new faces that come in there, they're the new person that kind of helps <laughs> ease it in a little bit too. Plus, I've had people that I know that I've worked with in the past, and I'm not going to name names or anything, but, um, and, and this is at past stations too, uh, and not really, actually just past stations, that they're, okay, maybe not, we're not friends, technically friends or whatever, um, or we, you know, may not get along outside of it. I don't even would say that way. I usually get along with everybody. I can't think of somebody I don't get along <laughs> with. Uh, now I think about it, but, um, I would say like, maybe they're a personality that other people don't like, or they're, uh, they're, you know, they're hard to work with or whatever X, Y, Z reason they don't like to work with that person. And they get, you can kind of see when they work together, it's kind of, eh, I don't think I've ever had that issue. I never want to have that issue. You know, I, there's times where I go, I get why people wouldn't want to work with this person, but I have no problem <laughs> with them. And they've given me no reason to have a problem working with them. So, um, and I think that having that attitude of like, hey, we just take what we can get, we or take who we uh, are with, and we take what we got going on and just make it work. You know, stay in my lane. Don't worry about anything else. Do what I got to do and get them in, get them out, get them going. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think I've had any issues with fellow coworkers that I can think of. Uh, anything big, right. nothing big. Right. I mean, sometimes small little things happen to everybody sure. here or there, any business, any of your coworkers. Uh, but it happens with people's families sure. and significant others too. So, uh, but I would say that like, yeah, at whenever in my career, I don't think there's anyone as I have a major problem with this person that I can't, I can't deal with them. It's more like, I got this. We're good. Hey, let's talk about, or we can find some common ground in this and that and the other. We find some kind of common interest. Um, so that usually helps when I, I always try to find with anybody I talk to, uh, just a little bit of a common interest or something, uh, some subject to talk about. And usually that helps kind of forge that little, at least somewhat of a bond or friendship, uh, to kind of work through it. Because at at the end of the day, you got to be able to somewhat know what that person's about and trust them in order to make anything work. But again, that's with any company, with any business, with any job. And it didn't take long. I could see, you know, you, uh, with your experience that you've had in other stations and all, I mean, you, you, it didn't take long to see that you were comfortable in what you were doing and that you fit in and that you, uh, with you and Matthew, you guys, your, your, your chemistry is, is obvious and your friendship is obvious. And, uh, I know that one thing you guys have to have bonded over is pets. I know that, um, Matthew has a dog and a cat. Now, what about you? Do you have any pets? 
I don't actually. Um, I love animals. I mean, that's why we do pet on the set. Um, I used to have when I was when I was a kid, really young. I we had a pet cat that was around before I was even born. Um, beware. And for a while, I didn't like cats because Beware didn't like me. I didn't like Beware. We kind of just stayed out of each other's way. And, you know, I met a couple, a couple other kitties from friends' houses that just did not get along with me. Also, as a kid, cats are 10 times scarier than adults. When you're adults, it's like, ah, oh, that cat's just being upset. <laughs> um, so now as an adult, I love cats, love dogs. I can get, you know, because I'm, you know, bigger than them. Cats are cool with me, too. And they're they're real fluff balls once you get to know them, you get their personalities down. Um, I don't have any pets. Uh, my roommate is allergic to who I live with right now. Um, he's allergic to uh animals Aww. so it doesn't really work out mm-hmm. too well but i will say i used to have a black lab who i loved oh. to death titan my best buddy and i i love going to the zoo i love seeing wild animals i love going to the park and seeing animals um i used to volunteer at uh, the Japan humane society mm. uh when i was down there towards the last year and a half i want to say uh no i 2020 that's when i started volunteering there so um, it was an interesting time because I got to see all these dogs and cats, you know, and it was very relaxed. Come in, you know, help with a few things here and there, socialize the cats, which was the best part. <laughs> um, and then go take dogs for a walk. I got my exercise. They got their exercise. Sometimes I had to chase a dog down or two um, because they would just go, you know, it's like, wait, I got to put your leash on. <laughs> um, so I do love animals. I would love to have, if it was, if I had all the money in the world, all the time in the world, I'd probably have my own zoo mm. and just have every animal possible and, go from there um but that's not realistic nor is it uh, really the smartest move <laughs> um uh, so yeah no i've always had a passion for animals i've always loved animals it's like one of my things that got me into science was animals uh and i think uh, a lot of kids that like animals end up liking other sorts of science too mm-hmm. uh so that's kind of what got me into kind of also another springboard into uh meteorology i guess too but yeah no i i miss titan a lot there are times i'll th- think about them um uh, my grandmother had a dog that we uh, recently, uh, a while ago, we had to get rid of him, or not get rid of him, but give him to a different family because she was getting a little older and couldn't handle him. Um, but uh, he uh, he was also pretty fun to come out and see too. Uh, so yeah, usually, in fact, I've got to a point now where whenever I go see a friend, I don't say, hey, what's going on? <laughs> kind of push them aside and then go over <laughs> and see their pet. I'm more there for the yeah. pet. I tell my old, one of my old coworkers, uh, Stephanie, I'm not here for you. I'm here for Griffin. <laughs> Well, I understand that. Something you know, sometimes animals are way easier to deal with than humans. I find that more true every day. And I have five cats, so. But I, Adam, I, I, I thank you so much. <laughs> I think this will probably bring our our time together to a close. I've loved having you on here. You just, you just so, uh, so interesting, and and I. I know it's been a beautiful afternoon. I know when by the time this uh, show is on a couple weeks, uh, we'll see whether you are kind enough to give Stacy and me our, our nice weather on uh, February 18th and 19th. <laughs> but seriously, no, I thank you for being on, Adam. I, I, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Uh, and uh, I cannot promise how uh, well the weather is going to behave. Uh, you know, I, you know, I'm just giving you some grief because I, uh, I have deep respect for you guys, and I, I'm not one of those people that gets on social media and runs down the uh, weather people because I, I have deep respect for all of you. And uh, <laughs> thank you so much, Adam Sherwinski, for being my guest, and thank you for listening today to this episode of Life on the Illinois Prairie. And I invite you to like and subscribe, and please like my Facebook page. And if you have any questions or comments, please leave them there. Thank you, and everyone, please be kind.
thanks for listening to Life on the Illinois Prairie, the undercurrents of our American life. If you haven't yet, go ahead and subscribe to Life on the Illinois Prairie wherever you get your podcast. Stay tuned for more stories, interviews, and updates. I'm your host, Wendy Fleming Dexter. Until next time. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.